0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This
1: is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads from the eye in the it's sky. Scott, yes, this this is, is, Seattle
0: is Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload film podcast where Griffin and I are going to be reviewing the Seahawks victory over the LA Rams who are currently struggling to a defeat against Las, the Las Vegas Raiders, we'd quite like them to win a game now, which is in a bizarre world, because obviously the what beat the Rams, and they did so by doing some good things on both sides of the ball. Griff, laptop, it had coffee knocked on it. But other than that, <laughs> was the tape good? Um,
1: The tape was not great, Um, not bad. There were hmm. some there were some good things and then there were some bad things and then there were some encouraging things. Um, all in all though, if I was forced to characterize, I would come away from this game like feeling fine, um, controlling for, you know, opponent and all that stuff, you know, I'd feel fine. I'm not super gung ho or, or, you know, on the, on the prospects, um, you know, with the first five weeks of the season being horrific, the following four games being really good and then the bucks game being what that was and then the disaster that was the raiders game And then this game this game feels like it's firmly in between somewhere the first you know the spectrum and and it's a good it's a positive in that it wasn't a repeat of the raiders game especially against a bad opponent because it's like oh then what are they now are they just bad you know it wasn't overtly dominant in all areas so we can't say, okay, this was that second stretch where they were good, but it's somewhere in between, which means to me, um, the this the the book is not yet written on this on the defense this year and what they can be. There's still some variance involved, but there's still like some pretty good cap. There's still capability in the defense, and then there's also some some problems still. Um, but yeah, that's my you know thousand foot view. Uh, perspective on this game.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I mean, it's boring, but I do agree with you. I'm worried a bit about their overall talent. I think. Yeah, yeah. No one expected this to be the year. I think a lot of people, possibly because of the quarterback position, but there are holes elsewhere, and just the fact they're a young team as well. Where obviously Gino is playing a brilliantly at quarterback. We kind of saw that coming. We were more bullish on him. But we did acknowledge that with playing so many rooks, there would be issues. And, you know, those do occur every now and again. So something to keep in mind, along with the fact that they need a bit of a retooling in, in certain areas that can only come next off season. So we'll, we'll find out. But the defense for now, in, in week 13 against the Rams, the overall numbers, if we start on a macro level, Griff, they were okay, like they, they, they started shaky they made a few tweaks they then gave some stuff they didn't need to give up but again it's that kind of variance going on, McVeigh also called a great game and then they finished well but I think overall after watching the tape at least and I want to hear about those numbers but after watching the tape at least I can kind of see it coming together
1: yeah uh, um, agreed um i mean you know the there's the the thing with oh seahawks can't defend backup quarterbacks um i mean wolford wolford statistically anyway looked as bad as statistically was as bad as he is so um i mean he had he had negative epa in fact um now wolford is not stafford even though stafford's having a horrible year as well um because of injuries primarily and the Rams are in disarray all over yeah, the he's place He's
0: having a horrible year um physically as well like right. spinal contusion that sounds yeah. horrid yeah
1: it's not fun uh they Seahawks defense held the Rams below their averages even for their you know uh passing efficiency by EPA per drop back so i mean on a, on a relative scale that is that's i think that's a good thing um the Rams game plan was almost all play action. They had very little early down, like pure drop back passes. Um, And then of course that meant there were a lot of runs too. Um, So they, there were some structural issues on play action, but they had a, with some adaptions throughout the game that we'll really dive into. They, they did handle a lot of the concepts like conceptually, like they were structured for it. Um, And um, the run defense defending the Rams running backs in um, their base runs was really stout. I mean, it was it was really stout and that was without a lot of like TFLs like getting to the backfield. It was just everyone winning their blocks. Um, and for the most part, the collective run fit being sound. against stuff that was really difficult to defend um, that the McVay threw out them. Now what did hurt them, of course, were all the receiver runs, like the jet sweeps, the end of rounds reverses and stuff like that that hurt them a lot and that was more issues on the perimeter just losing blocks out on the perimeter like from the nickel or safety in the corners um but but for the most part the stuff that happened in between the tackles um they were they were really sound um so maddie what what did you see that led to them being sound therein
0: well just to your point you've you've put here griff i tried to prompt you that way but you put their 3.5 yards per carry versus running backs which like that's pretty good for the defense they'd take that i think
1: yeah and and negative epa as well um, oh yes can't forget um cuz yard yards per carry can be tricky at times um i thought it was 3.3 3 yards per carry did i mistype oh. i might be wrong
0: maybe maybe you have mistyped imagine um but,
1: well so to to put it more in perspective their epa per rush versus running backs compared to like f- other teams for this week week 13 they have the 12th best run defense against running back so nothing crazy but good but then their epa per rush against receivers which can be fluky i mean only 18 teams had a carry go to a receiver they were like the third worst so yeah there were seven carries that went for about 80 yards or something um to the receivers that were really poor um but then they had uh they had, um, however many carries it was, but to the running backs, uh, for not very much. So, um, but like outside zone, inside zone, which they do a little bit of, not a lot, a uh, duo and wine back, um, like they didn't go anywhere. So that's, that's, that's a good sign. And the reason for that, and we'll talk about it, but, um, you know earlier on the season we talked about this four down or the four down spaced front the two four five nickel right Mm. um in years past they call it like the tank front it's an over front and your nose tackle is like playing a two eyes like inside shade on the guard he's still the a gap player and they kind of have to play with like a heavy technique it looks like almost like a two gap technique the way you engage the guard um the guards um in the uh in the actual blocking scheme. And they didn't look very good at that previously, but the main difference was that they were playing that paired with the two high coverage. It was difficult in the linebackers. They don't get to play fast. The uh, That means the combos stay on the defensive tackles longer because there's, there's not an extra guy in the box. There's not one hat for every gap. This game is different that they played almost cover three, one high, almost the entire game, at least on early downs, paired with this front. And the whole box was moving a lot faster. That, means, that meant there were more one-on-ones for those defensive tackles, and they were just demolishing guys um, uh, one-on-one. Al Woods, Shelby Harris, those two guys had monster games. Puna was okay. Quentin Jefferson had a bounce-back game. Um, so those four guys, I mean, they were just winning their blocks, and the and the ends were able to be aggressive and fast, spike it into gaps, um, like from the D-gap into the C-gap or the C-gap into the B-gap. And really, I mean, they just didn't give the Rams any life on the ground, which was important because they had to run a heavy game plan.
0: Yeah. So, like you said, they adjusted into that uh, 2 4 five look. This is how they started the game. So, if you watch the screen, uh, let's try and get that a bit better like this. There we go. If I could somehow crop it so it was... Anyway, that will have to do for now. I will figure this out in due course, but... And we're we're, yes, we're playing the tape. How exciting. So here you can see they're in this bare front. So again, that's where they have the five guys down at the line of scrimmage. And I think this is a great example of why that was challenging on them because if we roll the play through, it made it hard for them to adjust to this kind of receiver motion because there's five guys down at the line of scrimmage. Now, this is actually a good run stop and it was one of the few ones that they had. But with having five guys down at the line of scrimmage, you only have one, two, three guys off the ball. And that means... And and only like an odd number of adjusters. And so that means when <clears throat> they, they do all of this kind of motion and you're trying to rock back with it and stuff, you can't physically ask one of these guys down at the line of scrimmage <laughs> to set an edge and also play the motion. And that caused them issues. Now here you can see this guy is going this way and then they've got a guy pulling across going the other way as well. And they've got this run going this way and it's a lot of stuff to process. And realistically having just the three adjusters didn't do them that good. Now on this run fit, they actually had a nice job going on here. Griff, you got anything to add?
1: No, I, uh, I agree. Um, like, like later we'll see, um, you know, all this under center pocket play action and, and boot stuff. I feel like also moving to four down, it keeps it simple for the edges to just kind of rush up field um, with they read pass. And that also kind of doubled. And that meant kind of getting a reroute on like say 18 right there, the, 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 the number two receiver in the um formation, he can't release as fast so that makes it easier for the second level to kind of leverage those routes as well if it's like a delay flat or ends up you know whatever ends up being you know and of more vertical release um so yeah i i think the adjustment just made it a little more flexible at the second level to account for the stuff on the perimeter and it made it easier on the edges to crash the boot and stuff like that um now i think big picture speaking though The whole reason why bear the is now the meta in the league and why seattle has been a base bear team for like two and a half seasons now is because of zone runs and you are also wanting to stay better leveraged for the boot at the second level in the coverage um so by then going back into this you know the idea of you're putting out one fire or robbing peter to pay paul so to speak you're putting Back on the stress, of the linebackers at the second level to leverage those crossing routes. Um, so, but ultimately, oftentimes, especially on the boot where the quarterback is rolling out outside of the pocket, the linebackers just did a really good job of um, of, of leveraging them and 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 Kobe Bryant on a couple of them. Um, so, and predominantly um, Cody Barton. I mean, he he just happened to find himself to be the backside hook on a lot of these, and that's the guy who is primarily responsible. For finding the the crosser the crossing route on those play action floods, so so really you're you're, you're saying okay, this only works if if our linebackers can find the routes, and uh, sure enough, they did.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very important. So again, this is the two four five look. So technically, an outside linebacker on the edge, and an outside linebacker on the edge in Nuosu and Bruce Servin. Then you have the two interior defensive tackles who. They're not too gapping, but they're playing pretty heavy uh, because they played a lot of middlefield closed, as Drift said. So you can see Ryan nils coming down into the box here. They don't have to play as heavy, like because Seattle has the plus one in the box because they're they're playing the cover three looks, but they're still playing kind of heavy. And so it was big in this game, I think, that they had Al Woods and Brian Monet active. In the past, they've tried to get by with like a Miles Adams a type of playing nose. That's not really Adams' game, so it's strange that they've sort of liked him doing that. But in this game, uh, Seattle went for, uh, you know, the Woods and Monet rotation, which really got things going for them. Now, you can see, because there's only four guys down the line of scrimmage, when they go middle field closed, that gives them, rather than three off-ball adjusters, it gives them four. And so that extra one here, when they do this motion across the field, it enables them to get the numbers where the, the ball is going. Now, that will happen very fast, but if we go back to it and slow it down, you can see this receiver motions all the way across, and so the adjusters all can slide because they know Brooks, who was in the uh, the A gap, he can go into his B gap. Barton, who was in the... I think he was in the C gap, maybe. He, he can then go to the B gap, and Ryan Neal can get all the way across into this A gap, then these guys know. Oh, they're they're doing some motion back the other way. Well, I know that this guy's going to have my back. If I'm Cody Bass, I know Ryan Neal's going to have my back. So we can rock back with the motion, and we can then fit in on the run the other way. And the kind of crisscross, kind of weird looks, then all the uh, window dressing that Mavet was throwing at the guys. It didn't. It ended up like not working as well because Seattle had the extra adjuster. They were able to play it you see butter barton in the a gap again the the motion's going to happen first to our left as we look at it here comes the receiver he goes from a gap to b gap he gets brooks out the box then oh this guy's coming cody sees that he then goes back to his original gap neil had come across he then goes back outside and this is a great fit with Nawosu fast off the edge this tight end has a really tough job because both these guys are in a bad position for him he goes for neil and uh neil then makes the play so that adjustive thing was key for me but um like griff said as well the the challenge of that was the play action stuff
1: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up
0: Indeed. Right. So let's find a let's find a play action example. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I had a uh, I had a thing. Any Any questions as well? Don't be afraid to uh to comment because we you're live. You're watching. If we have gone through, gone too quick on something, just so. um,
1: eleven seconds left in the first. I think.
0: <laughs> okay. What if if we had a file which wasn't that what would that be? Okay, I think we found it. Hello. Yeah, them kill that's that's them killing boot, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, perfect. All right, so this is what Griffin was talking about in terms of the uh the deal. There we go. Oh no. Here we go. Matty being stupid and we will get quicker at this well i i should say i will get quicker at this because i'm the useless one so here you see they've got this kind of look where they've got a wide receiver behind the tight end which typically would mean a duo kind of deal but it's a play action again it's the two four five look so you've got Nooshi down as the outside linebacker you've got the interior defensive tackles and then you've got uh the other outside linebacker down you got barton who as griffin said he's kind of in that weak hook role and yes. you've got brooks who's in the strong hook
1: so first if we yeah yeah, i was just gonna say if, if we um if we like to find who who each um what who each player is in the underneath so yeah like kobe bryant top of the screen he's the the curl flat slash seam carry defender and then uh jordan brooks strong hook like uh Maddie said and then Cody Barton the weak hook and then down at the bottom bottom of the screen Ryan Neal is the weak curl flat slash seam defender if if he gets a seam um, so like why this is so difficult is because Cody or Co, Cody Barton has, has to fit an inside gap an inside bubble whereas if in Bear, his gap is probably pushed out to the C gap so basically his starting point would be further away if he's on the backside of the run action. He'd be further away to that guy that's that crossing route that is currently stacked with Jordan Brooks. Um, And the further you are away from it, the less chance you have of horizontally uh, crossing, like uh, um, pushing too far with it. Because his gap is in the A-gap, Cody's, that means he has to react faster and he doesn't get to catch the route. So it's just a very difficult assignment. That's why a common answer for this for teams that are play cover three and they're getting a lot of play action boots is playing like robbers so that a safety can come from depth to leverage it he can come downhill on it cody barn doesn't have this lecture here he has to honor his, his run gap um and then he has to roll over if he clears the backfield action and the quarterback still has the ball then he has to go find that crossing route so like what cody does right here is just really hard uh i mean how many times play action works because the offenses get this look that linebackers caught in la la land and they get a wide open crossing route. Um, as we can see here, he's just Cody's all over. It. Um, it's quick, quick reading and then quick, you know, athleticism, uh, change of direction skills. Um, and it's, it's, that, you know, 20 yard shuttle showing up his 10 yard split showing up, which were both above average in testing, um, in the three cone, which was solid too. So, um, you know, and there were like Cody had four three or four of these snaps that looked just like this. Um and it's it's the the linebackers um helping out the um the corners as well on the inbreakers. Maddie, if you're talking, I can't hear you. I don't know if yeah, the audience okay. Cody
0: had a great game and it was interesting how they they were playing like a kind of their, their three-match style where they'd have the corners run with the crossers. They'd have the, you, you've described it well, they have the sort of interior hook players that we just outlined. They have them all kind of hug the running back and, and play almost like cover one style. But because of the prevalence from Sean McVay of trying to hit these crosser routes, even on straight play action, Seattle made zone nickels, which is how... Uh, Tariq Woolen actually got his interception as well. Um, now, it's a uh, it's a risky deal. So if we go to uh, let's go to Woolen's pick. Hold on, one second. It's a risky deal because it's not as it's not as outlined as it was in the past when Seattle would play zone coverage. Like they had really distinct rules, and I think there's a sense that they're kind of still figuring this deal out. So if you just watch Woolen's interception, he is here on, on this receiver, and they're expecting at this point, they the Rams were expecting him to run across the field with this route. But he didn't. He just zoned off. That means that Diggs in the post had to drive on the, the first intermediate route, and Cody, who, again, he's got that same issue of, I've got an interior gap here, but I've then got to get on my bike. If uh they weren't running leak, which is this kind of or it's a throwback. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like
1: a throwback wheel option.
0: If they weren't doing that, like I mean, this throw is kind of there. Like Cody's doing his best to get back to it and Diggs is doing his best to drive on it in an aggressive fashion, but like
1: maybe. I yeah. mean it's it's completable, but the margin for error, I think. I feel like Diggs has pretty decent coverage on it and cody's probably taking the best angle available yeah um because it's really it's their high cross play like it's less of a cross or more of like an over right like a like a deep over a little bit um
0: yeah so Sherdy in the comments asked why why did mcveigh signal that was his fault because mcveigh thought Um, Woolen was going to follow this number 12, uh, Van Jefferson across the field, the first crossing route, because that's how Seattle usually does it. But in this game, they adapted midway through the game to, uh, to that. So if you look at, um, for instance, the very play before that leak call, oh, no, maybe not. Hold on. Let me, let me sort my shit out. (gasps) Profanity. Um, Ah yeah, here we go. So, this is why McVeigh would have called that. So, he'll have thought Seattle, just as I said, Seattle uh adjusted and they 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 played zone like a zoning it style of the the cover three. But the reason why uh McVeigh would have seen it and thought maybe they're going to change out of it is because this play. So, if you watch what happens here, they motion away. So, this is this is Wooland guy, right? This is his number one. And ordinarily, Seattle would run across the field with the crossing route. They'd ordinarily have Kobe Bryant match this guy vertical. Mm-hmm. It just so happens they were throwing a screen here, the Rams. But like, look how open this route is. This is Cody Barton's guy in the zone-it kind of cover three world. But the, you know, again, there's a clear kind of window. So I imagine McVeigh went to the throwback play thinking, well, Seattle doesn't want to leave that route open again. They'll switch back to their matching coverage. Um, so he thought that they'd really clamp up and basically to the to the non-degenerate eye it looks a bit more like cover one so uh, uh, yeah if you uh, if you see that from the end zone we can see how that it's difficult it was difficult for Cody Barton to access that route because where's his gap well if we draw it up after the motion he has this a gap but then he's got to get on his bike off the a gap to this guy who's already got a head start to this kind of hash route. So it's a very difficult deal of playing straight downhill. He actually ends up having to flow with these pullers as well. So he's basically playing very fast forward right to very fast forward directly back left, which is a very difficult deal. You can see the crosser got well behind him. Uh, That's not Boston's fault. That's just how difficult this kind of coverage is and why Seattle played the bare front at first. So, Shirdy, that's why um, McVeigh signal it is his fault, because he thought they would probably get out of the coverage again because they're having issues with the zone-it principles. So, yeah, with football, there's no perfect solution. It's sort of just uh, being a bit lucky and also um, mixing it up. Um, yeah, and putting players in good positions for what you think you're going to get the most of. And honestly, in, in this game, after the adjustments, Seattle did that, so, yeah. Now, Griff. Um, so, is this a good example of the run defense?
1: Yes, it's okay. it's um, taking care of the, the B gap bubble to the nose side in this front.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah. So, one thing that Seattle did to help out in the in the two four five is, as Griffin said, they took care of their B gap bubble. How do they do that? Well, they're allowing their ends to play a bit more aggressive. Um so here you can see uh, Bruce Servin was to the field, he was to the B gap bubble. Um Monet uh, was uh playing like as uh, the the uh two eye nose tackle um in the A gap, and so that creates this B gap room. One and thing so- that they did go ahead. Mm. One thing McVay did as well was he put the tight end to the the nickel um, and played trips because he knows that Seattle will always play the nickel to the passing strength. He played the tight end to the side of the nickel to get him more involved. But here, the nickel to try and help him out further because they run at him still with a similar idea of trying to get him involved in the run. Um, To help him out, Griff...
1: So, so the, the motion, yeah. So the motion pulls the nickel into the fit and obviously like B gap is a huge problem in an even down front because that's, that's just you, you're, you have an uncovered guard. So if, if they, if they scoop that nose tackle, then whoever's in the second level could be contacted by a 300 plus pound individual. And in this case, Sean McVay's, uh, uh, manipulated the, the formation to get, make sure that in, person being contacted is uh a 200 pound nickel in Kobe Bryant. So um so to alleviate this, they're they're gonna spike Bruce irvin 51, who's in like essentially a five technique or a whatever, a, a ghost seven or whatever. Um he's or a ghost like ghost tight end. They're gonna spike him into the B gap, which spills the ball and ensures that no contact will get on Kobe Bryant and then he'll just fit off of Bruce. Essentially he'll be the new C gap player. Um it's like a little gap exchange and first, I mean, on, on one count, you know, you're getting penetration. Bruce Irvin could get a tackle for loss, right? If not, it's okay because you're, you're getting what we end up getting here. Um, so, and then also you'll see Al Woods, he'll get, um, he'll get hands, I think on the guard here, even though he's inside of him and he's getting motion away. Yeah. So he's playing heavy on him. He's almost playing a two gap technique, um, and this does help keep the linebackers free, which so in, in a tank front um, and you're playing cover three, part of the reason why the linebackers are able to be a little bit more um, kind of not pass first per se, but more pass minded is because because the defensive tackles are playing heavier and in inviting the combos, they know they can kind of hold their width and, yeah. a little bit. So whereas if they were playing more like a pure one, Like Al Woods in a one and Cody or and Shelby Harrison a pure three or or a wider three. That means the linebackers would have to hit that gap even harder to try to release the combos. Um, so it's this takes us back to you know, and KJ Wright mentioned on 710 talking about like um Brooklyn and which is this nickel overfront, it's what he would have called it when they were playing Seattle based out of this exact look in 2014 and 15, like they played. They they were a base nickel team and they played a heavy overfront. They called it a tank front, and they they fit the run out of it and they defended everything in the pass out of it. One because they had the hall of famers on it, but um the fact that they're functioning in this front and and coverage throughout this game, I think um you know with some hiccups, um but structurally I'd say they won the day. I mean that, that's just a good sign. I think it's just indicative of of their talent. The problem is. The talent they do have i'm not saying they have overwhelming talent but that they had enough talent to make this work um so i i I just think that that's an encouraging sign um how it kind of all worked together holistically again not to a crazy extent um but to the extent that it did
0: yeah yeah very encouraging sign and yeah like griff said those heavy playing guys like a two-eye he's when Seattle lines is two eye, they are almost two gapping, and the linebackers, they can like it, it will make it clearer because they get comboed. It will make it clearer whether it's run or pass as well because you're gonna get a low hat if uh, the centers going for the uh, <laughs> going for your for guard. Sure. Um, okay, so that that's the kind of big run adjustments that happens. This wasn't Jordan Brooks's best game. uh, all of the kind of eye candy, he was overplaying and he just wasn't trusting his teammates to to make the play. Like, the, as I said, they they went into these fronts for the extra offboard adjuster, which meant that Brooks didn't need to overplay this stuff. And I'm wondering, Griff, if he got a bit confused between, like, you know, suddenly we're now in this four-down world where there's, an, you know, an extra, well, not an extra bubble, but there's two interior, A-gap, B-gap bubbles, and if he just freaks out a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I wondered if it, I mean, because like you said, the, the misdirection, the eye candy, like all that jet motion and stuff, um, because it's not just, oh, he's chasing something in the flat. It, it When you have that motion, it changes your gap. Um, and I think he was, often Sean McVay has two guys in motion, like a tight end splitting across and then uh, the Z or slot on the, on the jet, right? um he i mean he was just getting confused with like what gap do i have essentially on some of these he just straight up is like do i have this one or that one um when you're in bear your bubble goes from a all the way to the c gap if your gap changes like it's very like it's it's really simple whereas in this one you have an a or b and it's one or the other and you don't know is my nickel being pulled into the fit or out of the fit And if he's in the fit or out of the fit that means i have the a or the b right whereas it's a lot simpler in bear Um, and like Sean McVay throws the book at you. So like there are downsides and and there are pros and cons to every front. And I think the cons of this front was revealed with how Jordan was taking it because he just couldn't handle it. Um, now, but then the other side of it was, it seemed at times he was just really desperate to make a play. And he just, like you said, wasn't trusting his teammates to fit their assignment. Like when it seemed clear on what he did need to do, he was out leveraging himself or, predicting another type of run concept was going to happen, eager to make the play instead of just reading what was in front of him. Um,
0: yeah. So this is the most egregious example. Now, the situation was where Seattle started playing a bit more middle field open, but Brooks did this in middle field close too. And I think, you know, but Barton's game shows what happens when you do trust like your teammates to make the play in the, like, he had a really good game. Um, and he clearly understood, you know, Okay, well, this guy's come back. So I now need to, uh, you know, rock back my fit to this gap. Okay, this guy's come along. Now I can go back to my original gap. He was keying the right things, whereas Brooks wasn't trusting his keys. And as I said, this is a middlefield open example, but really, I think the way Seattle's fitting this up, now I don't know, is just classic kind of two back style of turn back, uh, run through turn back or lever spill lever. So, If we pause the play here, this guy has motioned away. He's out of the court. Cody actually made a hand signal to his deep half player on that side. So Cody's had a slot form to his side. I think Seattle's playing. It might have been cover two across the board. It could be that this is cover four uh, um, to Cody's side and cover two away. But how they make that? Yeah.
1: I was going to say it felt like cover two, especially because Neil starts bailing like it's cover two.
0: Yeah, yeah. It
1: doesn't feel like a quarters technique.
0: So how you'd fit that in an over front to this uh, 11 personnel bunch look is that kind of turn back run through uh, turn back style where you're flowing off your dude, your your heavy playing guys. And they actually spiked Irvin. So this uh, is that a tackle? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's spilling the first blocker.
0: Yeah. So if if we just if we just draw it up, this is the turnback player. Barton's the turnback. Brooks is the spill, or run through, and Kobe Bryant the nickel is the turnback or run through. They've got the nickel to three technique, which is how they always have it because it keeps him cleaner. It doesn't give him that dreaded B gap where offenses like to run, where the run can really hit up, where guards can get on you. So. If we just watch the play out, here comes Irving to spill the first puller to help out the front because they've got two high safeties. It kind of helps them cheat the math, and then here comes this tricky second motion, the the dreaded second motion. Now you can see Barton; uh, it does a good, which is the guy carrying the football. Now, if we get to the end zone angle and slow it down and go back to. So it it
1: has to be said, though, Barton has to fit outside of Irvin's. So the the gap that the gap that forms from the tackle that Irvin is spilling, there's then an out any moving blocker presents two gaps wherever that guy goes. Irvin fits the inside gap. Cody has to overlap and play the outside gap to turn the ball back, which is what he does. The 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 tackle that kind of kind of kicks him out the the. The gap inside him is the B gap. That's Brooke, that becomes Brooks's gap, like you were saying. So there is this idea, watching it live, that Cody got just tossed out of the play, but he has to he has to turn the ball back, which he does. If Brooks fifty six does what he's supposed to do, everything looks works as designed here. Um,
0: yeah. So th- now, this is the run the run fit relationship that's very important. So yeah, but Co- Cody has to turn the play back for Brooks. They they kind of have gaps in the like this guy when he motioned across Bryant was kind of a d gap player uh brooks was kind of the a gap player cody was kind of the b gap player they have to be aware of those gaps because if it's just run straight downhill then fit your gap it's still a one back run but as soon as this tackle pulled and then as soon as this guy came across then it's just thinking about okay the backfield flow um yeah, you know, I, need, I need to fit the flow off this run, right?
1: Right, and like there's no overhang outside of Cody, so he has to turn the ball back.
0: Yeah, it's right, the, that's that's the kind of uh, the too high element as well. So Bruce spills that to help him cheat the math a bit. Here comes Cody, and yeah, he could be more physical, but he also has to show up because this is a wide run, he has to get some depth and set an edge. Um, also, it's not that-
1: common on a counter run for the tackle to like. 180, no, like that. Just is, normally that he weird. climbs to Brooks. Like that yeah. was an odd thing that occurred. You can they see how annoyed
0: Cody was after this play as well. Now, why he may be annoyed is because they ran the ball for some yardage. But also watch Brooks here. So Brooks here, he reads the play really perfectly. He sees this pull. He sees this of blocking out on his uh, on his three tech and then coming for him. He's making the right read. I don't think he's seen the reverse aspect of it. But he's seeing it all. And then suddenly he stops his feet and worries about the toss uh, and all this ball fake trickery. Where Brooks should be on the play is basically here. Now, you may think that's not possible. You may think he can't overlap the centre. But if he trusts his initial key, he can get out there. He fits inside of Cody Barton's turnback play. He runs through. He's that inside-out kind of skill yeah. player. He makes the yeah. tackle.
1: And also rolling it back to what you said about how like the relationships, each player relates to the other. Even if Brooks, even if that center does get on Brooks, Brooks still gets front side leverage on it. And then that means the running back has to cut it inside tighter. And then Mona can make the tackle there. So like, it's all the relativism and one guy being off can throw the whole picture off. If Brooks was even just a tiny bit better, like, like there are spectrums of, of like, good execution right or a spectrum if he was just okay on this run then the ball's angle changes it doesn't hit up that vertical right it has to cut inside mona makes a tackle mona is coming off a block so maybe he gets dragged for another yard or two maybe it's five yards but it's not an explosive you know
0: it's what pete Um, carroll talks about he you know he talks about the relationship and finding the consistency and the fits and like uh uh working together right and uh, there's a yeah. certain term he uses but that that's the sort of stuff he's meaning. uh
1: cohesion he says Cohesion, cohesional. yeah that's a good now one. but that yeah. said there's even though brooks had some glaring struggles like that all in all there was a lot of cohesion from the collective fit i mean that's why all those runs in between the tackles didn't go anywhere um so
0: no doubt no doubt right okay We've gone for a while on the defense. Should we transition to the offense or, or do you Let's want to talk? Let's do it. Yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah, real quick. Woolen did have a few plays where he was kind of beat, but I mean.
1: I mean, the recovery, even on that, that one, um, not the interception, but the the, the tip. I mean, other cor- corners don't recover that way if they get beat. Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy, crazy talent he's got.
0: And I thought T's table, he uh picked up the right routes and uh, he, he looked okay. So, that's good. Right. So, offense. The Obviously, the main story is Geno Smith, but I think what stood out to me watching this back is, although Bobby Wagner had a very good stat line, um, his uh, style of play is very interesting in, in that defense and ve- very sort of interesting seeing him... In a, yeah, in like a modern NFL unit, right? Like they're sort of having to, it's like I said before, like they have to kind of scheme around him. It does kind of limit the stuff they do. They're always keeping him in that kind of north, south downhill mode where, which is fine. It's a smart scheme where he's like either on a running back at the time or he's just covering the low hole um, or he's just covering like, like nothing really. I, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, uh,
1: he did make a couple of plays in the run game, kind of stuff that you'd hope any linebacker in his shoes would make. But he did make them, right? Um, the coverage stuff is bizarre. Like even like in like pure quarters, they don't have him. He's just chasing the running back when they already have a flat defender, and like they're getting double coverage on a running back, and that's what helped open up that one dig route that uh, and a dagger concept that Gino hit to DK like when he rifled that one like 18 yards downfield um that probably doesn't get thrown if Bobby stacks his zone off like gets depth in his zone um so that either means one his assignment was incorrect or he was incorrect on his assignment or they're just asking him to do that and then that's impeding the scheme wow you have it you have it up right away so this is quarters like this isn't um this isn't like uh you know, like cover two to the passing strength where, you know, like Ramsey's the flat defender. So why on earth would Bobby as the mic be taking him through? Like Ramsey's almost looking at him like, whoa, what is Bobby doing here? I'll just go get depth right now, which is what he does, but it's too little too late. And then the will, the will actually, I think Ernest Jones does a, has a really good drop, 53, and recognizing what's happening. And he probably... He's getting all. He almost gets all the way over there, and that's usually what the mic should be doing. So if Ernest look at, Jones, look
0: at Ramsey's conversation with Bobby as well. He, they're they're clearly like trying to figure some something out, and it, right. it could have been a bust. But I, I actually think this whole defense is just about Wagner. Just takes the three. Like yeah, I mean the guy the flat. Like he doesn't take anyone deep. He is literally just patrolling the flat. It's it's like it's weird. very um, odd i've never i've never seen anything like it um yeah like in I, every we, context and he know, gave we. up
1: stuff on the boots too and like it's just i'm this isn't the bobby wagner podcast but it was it was weird watching i mean he's even slower than he was last year um i mean the interception was cool i mean the faux interception like, that's just a strong man being a strong man good for him um but so like what's
0: what funny as well about that is like like for instance this play where they got tyler lockett on the um on the choice route on a a third and three um let's get the timestamp. third and three uh right after goodwin almost caught that great ball yeah um no that's not it come on come on okay yeah, 11-20 left in the second quarter. Seattle did end up scoring on this drive. I think it was the play where they hit Metcalf on that corner boot. Um, but what's funny about this defense is that he, there was a moment where Lockett motioned across the formation, and Rap told Wagner to run out with it. And again, that's a mismatch. Like, and that would be a mismatch for most linebackers. But like, he literally can't move. Like he can't move yeah. and it's just like taking candy
1: and he gets rubbed but it's sad yeah. to watch so i mean we should mention though like part of a a, a big chunk of shane waldron's game plan was because they put they play him at will a lot in nickel uh, on opposite three by one so that he only would have the running back um so like we saw right there they motion tyler lockett over there to isolate bobby and force him to form like form a slot and make him the overhang to that situation. Um, like that was part of the game plan on the one, the one sack that Charles cross gave up, they ran mesh wheel and they did the same thing. They had DJ Dallas on a wheel and Bobby Wagner was the weak flat defender. And DJ Dallas had a good two yards of vertical separation. And if cross holds up even a little bit, uh, uh, Gino floats that and it might be a touchdown even, um, yeah, so Here, this yes. is
0: the play. Here, Here's Bobby. Um, and it was, again, a great way of trying to exploit their rules. Um, like Not a touchdown,
1: but an explosive.
0: Yeah. But uh, Yeah, so the, the whole game plan was about trying to exploit the way that Wagner was used in the in the game. And, and like, even on the sack fumble, like, where which uh, Gino had here's his Bobby on DJ Dallas but even on the sack fumble that DJ uh, the um uh, the Gino had Bobby in cover 3 they don't play him in like a normal hook they play Bobby in the low hole like a rat and then they have a safety play like the high hole so basically the safety handles all the deep stuff into the intermediate cover 3 and Bobby handles all the low stuff It's uh yeah well and then
1: yeah, and like even in their fire zone coverage, like he kind of has to drop to a middle hook on those. But then like that, the 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 Tyler Lockett touchdown. Normally, in, in Bobby's prime, they'd have Bobby roll over and find Lockett's crosser and run with him. Um, and he's just a sitting duck, just spot dropping underneath it. Um, I think I think also Waldron's um, he has like a switch release with the one and two receiver, and I think that uh it confused the corner and the overhang who needed to carry who. Because technically the corner, it was the number one. Uh, Tyler Lockett was aligned as the number one. And... Sorry, sorry, what play was this? The the Tyler Lockett touchdown.
0: Oh, right, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, Wagner was at the center of this game plan for all I mean, he was kind of the guy who he was attacking even in the boot. Like, the one uh, where where gino sidesteps leonard floyd and uh like Olays him and then hits the cross so that was technically wagner's so like in the cody barton examples that 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 crossing route that was the route that wagner normally at least maybe they don't have him do this the guy that in wagner's position the backside hook would need to robot or carry they they call it robot nick Saban does anyway um and he's just kind of hugging the flat route so it's bizarre and it's clearly what they're asking him to do because they don't think he has the legs to do anything else which makes sense um but man the rams defense are in disarray i mean they i mean jalen ramsey's pressing it was it was not great um
0: yeah so yeah let's let's talk about that um i mean again we don't want to it was a major part of the game plan we we, we love bobby we <laughs> love what he did but um, let's talk about that years yeah let's talk about that um that crosser so they had uh bobby down as a defensive end uh which is to set up Uh, their pressure it's technically a sim pressure um but if you're playing a sim pressure it's still fire zone coverage behind it um oh no it was natural pressure I
1: i think it was five yeah
0: yeah, they, they, they did send five. So it's five zone coverage. Now, what was interesting about how Seattle played it and what was tricky about how they played it was um, they they chip released their uh, tight end. Um, okay,
1: that's what happened.
0: So the seam curl flat player who would have been matched up on Tyler Lockett, he has a new number two into his flat and he's like, I'm going to play this because I can see there's pressure coming on Gino. Um, Dallas... He picked up the the guy who came free from the protection of the offensive line correctly, but his leverage was a bit shaky. And he's always had an issue with that, actually. But Gino sidestepped it expertly and then he has Tyler Lockett uh, on the crossing route. Now, the seam curl flat players left Lockett. Uh, He's kind of tried to pass that off to Wagner, and he's now on his new number two Noah Fant in the flat. But Wagner just, like, straight up doesn't cover anything. He just covers grass and lock wide ass open. Now, Wagner's, ex- like, clearly expecting that to be matched across the field because he's, yeah. he's basically his job is just to, like, cover this low-hold grass in whatever coverage they're playing. But um, still, it, it, I, I said before the game as well this would be a big part of their game plan. Then when we saw this play live, we were like, okay, I mean, come on now. Like, this is crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, um,
0: kind of sad, but also, you know, Bobby's getting more money and he had some great plays in this game too. And Oh,
1: all-time contract negotiator. Yeah he, made, he made, he, yeah. he made $18 million last year and he's making $10 million this year. And he's probably, I don't know, he was not very good last year. He's even worse this year. So, you know, he, he knows what he's doing in the negotiation room. What's sad though is that he was incredible the year before last year in 2020. So he mm. still had enough juice then. He just hit a cliff. And that was it. That's what happens to linebackers. Yeah, um, they hit cliffs, and when they hit it, they hit it hard. Um, yeah. it's hard to age gracefully as a linebacker, like other positions can manage. Um, but hmm. anyway,
0: so, Gino was obviously amazing. And I think I think Waldron Waldron's offense really does pop against these kinds of deals. And I guess it's also because Gino's some of his best throws are the dig throws that this defense, like this defensive style leaves open, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um well, so like the the pure drop back game was really simple. Like there was some there was like the easy access hitch in the flat, there was the out routes. Um, and like, there was a Hank and then the, the, the one catch to Disney was cool. It was like, um, four, four strong as in, you get four receivers to one side, um, after with motion. And then the, uh, and, and then, um, the, uh, you get, it was like a spacing concept. So Will Disley's route is normally like a, a they call it an over the ball. He just kind of sits down over the center like eight to 10 yards downfield the only difference was though was that he just kind of kept running it was like a crossing route and so bobby is not responsible for this one he would have been if there's only three receivers to that side but they're in cover three bobby wagner takes a shallow from the weak side kind of nails down on it the weak curl flat defender with four strong he becomes the final four player disley's the final four so he needs to roll over or robot that crosser route and it's just wide open. Now the play is almost busted because Gino gets a rusher in his face, but he calmly sidesteps it. He's even being tugged on from behind. And then he just moves in the pocket and, and finds Disney for like a 20 yarder. He had a couple of plays this game where he's got guys right in his face and either throws over them or sidesteps it. So like an elite game from Gino in terms of pocket management. And then he also just made some like that dig route that he ripped was incredible. Um, yeah, right there. I mean, that's just bang bang. Um bang bang. So we get four strong, right? Now that weak curl flat defender that that guy that uh what number is he? Is that Rap?
0: Yeah, um, this is Taylor Rap, yeah, yeah, 24.
1: So with four strong, he needs to find Disley, but he's not thinking that. But just like a a cool quick game concept and they're just able to get like, you know, explosives almost out of quick game um yeah gino's just being elite in the pocket um and see the the thing the beauty of this is he's reading bobby and rap he's reading their drops so he sees them he's got eyes on him he knows okay this means disley's open um um and uh yeah so like just awesome stuff from gino um and then he hit that that huge go ball to dk right um he had DK on another goal ball opportunity and he uh, let it go um unfortunately um as in he didn't throw it um but then he got him again and it wasn't on Ramsey that time unfortunately but uh yeah.
0: Ta- hey, time time for my favorite play all right which is again fitting that theme of uh, Gino reading out where defenders are dropping moving around in the pocket like just doing great things so here we go and uh, David, great to see you in the chat. I um I will make my cursor bigger when I, I I'm gonna try and get some annotation software, I think. But this first time doing it with the actual tape running. So but yeah, thanks for the comment. Okay. Here we go. So second and two. Trips formation. And do you know like because he knows what's going on with coverages, lock it motioned across the field. This is the kind of post-real deal that will pop against the 49ers. I uh f- for my underdog fantasy video watched the 49ers defense against the Dolphins, and they they got this kind of thing open all the time, Miami. They just couldn't hit it quite in time. But like it kills middlefield open. Because the cloud or cover four cornerback gets run off by the wheel route, as Ramsey did here, and then the the kind of post route nestles in the hole behind the curl defender, or um, behind the or inside the kind of quarter flat defender, quarter flat if it's cover four, curl defender if it's cover two. Here, that curl defender is Bobby Wagner. Um, it's asking a lot for him to sync with this. But ordinarily, what you'd have happen is when they form a slot, as Lockett did here, the curl flat defender would vacate the box um, and he would match up with the slot receiver, especially when he's running a wheel route like this. And you'd manipulate your front in a way that makes this work. But the Rams chose not to do that. Um, they're actually playing They're playing cover four, wearing cover two up the top of the screen. But this, from Geno now, like the way he hung in the pocket... This guy Disley messed up his block. There it's a, a play action pass protection to try and sell the 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 play downfield. They slid away. They had Disley come off the edge and uh and block block out on the, the backside edge. He gave up the one thing you cannot do when you're doing this, which is the inside. Like he just yeah. got his aiming point wrong. Then I mean, the edge rusher was hard upfield, but he managed to dip inside. But Gino just he knows he's yeah. coming open he knows he's in the hole of the cover too he can see ramsey sunk with the wheel route of Lockett, and uh and like look he, when he lets it go unbelievably early like we'll we'll slow mo this down for you if you're watching on the youtube but um yeah unbelievably early that he he let this one down he uh
1: <laughs> yeah yeah just crazy um <laughs> gino's so good man Bang! um yeah. bang
0: that's an mvp he, as an mvp
1: yeah he uh he so all right another like big picture thing a lot of their they ran under center play action but gun play action is featuring more and more they are gun running more and more and this goes back to Waldron just wanting to be tendency free he, he wants he wants defenses to be prepared for you know everything like every formation has run past balance even if they're passing a lot in each formation um he, he refuses and i think sure pete too refuses to you know not have variety in each formation and in terms of like run and pass and like again like the plays the plays aren't like crazy like they're just like time tested plays concepts right but it's really good execution from the quarterback and the receivers in this game. Really, I wouldn't even say that O-line had great execution. Um, wow. The Rams just, <laughs> just scored a touchdown. They did? You were Yeah, ahead of it's, me. it's 16-10. Oh. Um,
0: no, wait, what?
1: We're coming for Jalen Carter.
0: No, no, no. Do you, don't you do you mean it's 16 all?
1: It's 16-16. Yeah, it was yeah. 16-10. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's crazy. They've won it. Um, oh i'm about to see this because i i'm i'm very behind you you're like you're (laughs) like ultra cable anyway emphasis
1: on on what i was saying though really quick was that early on in the season it was almost all under center play action gun pure drop back with some pistol run pistol play action but now like they're they're infusing a lot more gun runs and then gun play action so like they can ebb and flow however they want now that means they can lean into an all gun drop back game if they want, but then they can also gun run and like whatever defenses are bad at, essentially, Waldron can tap into that world more because they're putting it all on tape. And this has been very gradual. It's a very gradual. They've included up to their gun runs, which means then gun play action. Um, So yeah.
0: What was your, just finally on, on the, on the, Dino, you know, what was your view on the, the the wheel route that he turned down on third and goal to uh, Dallas? I, I will I not will, recall. Will, I Hey, you know what? We can uh, we can bring it up. I cannot believe that the Rams have just done that. That's hilarious.
1: That's so. Fu- All right, extra point. I thought he might have hooked that left. All right, Rams are going to win.
0: And that is very good news for the Seahawks um, draft pick. Right, here we go. So this is the one play I felt. Like The, the other stuff, like um, the sack fumble, DK's open against Jalen. Uh, no, DK's open. And then the interception, DK's coming open against Jalen Ramsey. Just the pass pro got bull rushed. Um, and Gino probably waited on it a tad too long, but he's trying to let his guy go toast Ramsey. Uh, and he did. It was just really like aggressive press at the line of scrimmage. They were going at it. But this is the play where I felt on, on the the third and three, third and goal. But um, I felt, you know, he could have done a bit better. So it's mesh wheel. Back, back foot uh, hits here. Yeah. And Dallas is here. But I guess this is Jalen. It was Jalen Ramsey to the wheel route. And he got really caught up with Metcalf. Um, his eyes aren't even on it. Which yeah. is
1: weird because the progression, the mesh wheel progression, is you read the the flat defender to the wheel side first,
0: right? And Bobby is the flat defender, and he got caught up with DK. So, yeah, oh no, well no Bobby, Bobby, um, Bobby's down below. Whoever that is, um, uh, Jenkins, right?
1: Yeah, maybe he just thought he would.
0: He glanced yeah. at it. Uh, hold on, but the beauty of Gene watching Gino play quarterback, and this is why film heads love him, um, and always did, is because you can actually, he plays quarterback as you would expect it to be played like at all times. So there's probably, yeah, he glances at it. And as he, as and he honors timing. So he's already glanced at it. And as he was glancing at it, it looked like Jenkins was going to undercut the route. Uh. So I think he thought he was covered, but like, it's one of those where if you don't pay attention, which I obviously hadn't, but like, what, what's Gino here? I'll slow it down. What's Gino here? So he, he takes a snap in his drop. He looks there. And uh, Jenkins is always already getting out to it um, and he's off it. Um, now it just so happened he actually got caught up with DK. But now, anyway. he
1: if he gets to Tyler early enough, Tyler might be able to dive for the pylon.
0: Yeah, see, he already glanced at the flat defender. Gino's better than me, and that's that's all this is. Anyway, a weird play. Um, yeah, but he he could have got it to Tyler earlier. Anyway, DK ended up headbutting Jalen, so they wouldn't have counted.
1: Hey, that was a worthwhile investment. It paid off. It, was a,
0: <laughs> it did. It was he won. He won that battle in the an end.
1: An expensive headbutt, but it was necessary.
0: There you go. Have you ever had an expensive headbutt?
1: No, I don't think I've ever been charged for a headbutt. No, they've all been free.
0: That's good. Not that I'm
1: headbutting people a lot.
0: So, so Derek Carr threw that pick, right? And did you see the pick? No, and they've lost by a point. Oh, I haven't seen the pick. Oh, it was like third and five, like inside the 20. It was, it was bad, like a little floater. Okay, right. That's the Seahawks done. Now, next week they play. Oh, and we hope you enjoyed this new format. Um, If you're listening, hopefully it still worked. Do check out the YouTube for the actual film that we're showing. Uh, We will get smoother at it as well. We finally realized we can just show the film. Uh, So that does make a big difference. Right, so next week, uh, well, next Sunday, the Seahawks play the Carolina Panthers in, uh, I think, a really big test, Griff, for the, you know, how real is the run defense? Uh, because this Pampers offensive line is meant to be good. Yet, John to Foreman is banged up. But he has been having some really good games recently. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if Seattle can stop the run. If, if what we saw today uh, and on Sunday is real. And, uh, yeah, so the, Seattle is uh, 4.5 favourites. The total line is forty three point five.
1: Yes. Um. I think, I think it's a well. I think it's a good opportunity, um, for the defense to at least like, you know, the the front seven really to kind of double down on I think on their individual play you know, with an exception that we talked about, um, for this game, like uh, projecting forward, if, if Al Woods and Mona and Shelby Harris, if they're winning blocks like that, um, then, you know, I feel like that that's a positive sign moving forward and hopefully everything else flows. Now that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to load the box all game long. I think this is a very specific Rams thing. Now they, obviously the Panthers are going to be running it a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll see on that count. Um, I I think I think that they uh, I think they the defense throttles them up though. I think they
0: bottle them up. Hope so, because if not, it's going to be hard to cope.
1: Yeah, yeah. They've I mean, just they
0: just lost their best quarterback to the Rams.
1: Yes, that's true. They do have yeah. the the ninth best rush defense by efficiency. They're still negative EPA. Of course, there are only seven teams that have positive EPA and that's probably quarterback related.
0: Yeah, their defense runs around. Like they I mean, that's well, I was I was talking
1: about their their offense, their rush oh. offense. But they they do have a good formidable defense and they have a problem defensive front. So that will be a big test for the offensive line. And I feel um,
0: like Wilkes will throw like a kind of similar Lots of different coverages, like similar to the Tampa Bay kind of coverage plan, which caused Seattle issues, like maybe a bit of buzz in there. Um, perhaps some of the troubles that Seattle had against Arizona's middle close stuff, as well as my light dies. It shows we've been going too long. That sort of thing, you know?
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So great test for Seattle, really. Um, I like to spin it as each opponent is a good way for them to exercise past demons, but... I do well, think. This I could mean, be.
1: internally, they're thinking we need to recapture what we were that second that second cluster of games, right? Like that's what that's where their mindset would be, right? Um, they're trying to prove it to themselves that that's who they are. So hopefully, we see a um, a spirited, collective team effort. Um, I sure hope so, Fingers man. Fingers crossed. I mean, I'll, they- I'll I'll take a repeat of the Rams game where it feels like. That was not great, but that wasn't bad. And there are some good things and some bad things because it means that it wasn't the Raiders game. I just desperately don't want the Raiders game situation. But I would love to see a Cardinals, Chargers, Cardinals mm. again,
0: um, Giants type of game. So, do, do you have a score prediction for me, bearing in mind that the, the total is 43.5 and Seattle is a 4.5 favorite? Twenty.
1: Um, 20- 6 to
0: 10 Seahawks. Mm. So I'm taking the under. Let me take a sip of my naive water. Would you know anything about that griffin?
1: Um What do you mean? I have I've heard of Evian or whatever.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: We have that over here.
0: Interesting. You don't you don't have any knowledge of naive water? What
1: is this a reference to? What am I missing? No, don't
0: worry. Don't worry. I think the Seahawks will win 31 to seven.
1: Um, 31 to seven. That's a new one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, um I don't know. I just felt like this week I just felt, you know, maybe in other weeks I don't feel 31 to seven, but this week I feel it, you know? Yeah. E- each prediction is a new one, you know, and, and, you sort of have to craft, you know, analyze the matchup, where the strengths and weaknesses. Uh, is Seattle ready to beat this team? I take it very seriously the prediction element of this. So what thirty-one-seven? I just feel it, you know. What? After doing running the analytics, the numbers for sure. The algorithm,
1: absolutely. What kind of tea is hard to swallow? I just came up with this.
0: Uh, a a seti
1: reality. Reality,
0: (laughs) what uh, what
1: Walmart to try to bottle up a little bit? Oh, that was good though. What's green and has wheels?
0: Um, a goblin
1: grass. I lied about the wheels.
0: Hmm,
1: that's pretty good. Mm. Oh, you didn't find that one as funny, huh? Because it was Mm. an anti joke.
0: That's Mm. okay, offensive.